Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show, a football Friday edition. Super stoked today. And whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, if you're choosing to listen via the live stream, you can find on ESPNTucson.com, or if you're strangely listening in the future right now to our podcast, which you can find on all the places you get your podcasts, Audible, Amazon, uh, uh, Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the places you can get your podcast, you can download the Jeff Dean Show from ESPN Tucson right there as well. We do appreciate you tuning in, getting your information and entertainment, sports entertainment uh, from uh, from me and our show here. We know you have a choice of uh, where to get that information, and we appreciate you choosing Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The uh, the Lumberjacks took a big L last night in the uh, in the FCS uh, in FCS play. They hosted Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State's going to be a really good football team this year um and uh, unfortunately the lumberjacks got uh, took it on the chin last night losing 42 to 16 in the uh, the walk-up dome up there in uh, in flagstaff so they will try to uh, they'll try to bounce back and uh, well of course we have all the games here uh right here on uh, on espn tucson and uh, the game next saturday as the lumberjacks travel to south dakota to play in a uh, football game that game's going to be at 11 a.m before they uh, travel to Tucson to play in, on September 18th, uh, which you'll hear right here on ESPN Tucson. So, I have a Friday Five. I have a, a, a marquee set of games that I'm going to pick against the spread for you, free of charge, give you my expertise, and then allow you to choose the opposite so that you can win some money. <laughs> because that's what I do. I, you know, because I'm so giving, I'm going to tell you all the losers so that you can go and bet your money elsewhere. I'm kidding, of course. I really actually believe in these picks. And if I were, you know, in Vegas or if it were September 9th, I'd be glad to put down a parlay on these five games because I do think they're all going to hit. And here they are. We begin with what many people believe is the marquee game, the marquee game. I'm going to start right there. The big game of the weekend. The two highest-ranked teams facing off against one another. going to be played in Charlotte. The number three Clemson Tigers from the ACC taking on the number five Georgia Bulldogs from the SEC. Big matchup here. Uh, obviously, both of these teams have a- national championship aspirations. You know that I've already picked Clemson to go to the, uh, the, the CFP this year, the Final Four, essentially, in uh, college football. I believe they are that good. And when you look at these two teams, I know that, that Georgia has some problems at wide receiver. Uh, their number one guy, Pickens, Dorian Pickens, he's going to be out. He's going to be out for at least a few games uh, for Georgia. That's going to hurt, of course. And they do have some some inefficiencies at wide receiver. They got some they got some injury problems uh, at wide out. I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. Georgia's going to feature one of the best offensive lines in the country all year, which is good for Georgia because Clemson may have the best defensive line in the entire country right now as it stands. Again, as things develop, we'll see kind of you know how it plays out. But as it stands right now. I, I love Clemson's defensive line. I think it's the best in the country. Adversely, Clemson's offensive line, eh, a little bit shaky this year. They're going to need to to get some seasoning. They they you know they lost quite a few guys, so the chemistry is going to be an issue. 
and Georgia's defensive line is really good. Their defensive front seven is really, really good. And, of course, secondary at Georgia is, you know, it's they just churn out corners and safeties there like it's nothing. They're a factory. So I think as far as, like, all of the positions on the field, I think they play out fairly evenly. So it boils down, in my opinion, to a quarterback competition. DJ Uyangalele, who got a few starts last year. Of course, the young man from Southern California heading out to, uh, to Clemson to uh, lead Dabo Sweeney's team over JT Daniels, the former highly touted five-star USC recruit who transferred to Georgia and is going to be making a start this year and is one of the more seasoned veteran quarterbacks in the SEC. There are a few of them this year. He's definitely one of them. And a big reason why many people are choosing Georgia as a big upset pick, or not an upset pick, but uh, a pick to win the SEC and to get into the college football playoff this year. However, I like DJ Ongolele more than I like JT Daniels. There's a reason why JT Daniels hasn't really stood out at some of the places that he's gone to. I watched JT play last year. It took him a while to get it, like into the into the rhythm of things in that Georgia offense. Now, at the end of the year, things were clicking, and then they got beat in the bowl game. I like DJ Uyunglele in this competition over uh, over JT Daniels, and that's why I like Clemson to cover the three-point spread. Clemson favored by three. I like Clemson 30, Georgia 24 in a huge matchup and a huge boost for the uh, for the Tigers in their bid to make it to the CFP and you know uh, you know basically boost their resume and as long as they can do well in the ACC, have less than one uh, loss in the ACC play, they'll be just fine. Another game that's going to be played on a neutral site, the number one rated, whatever that means to you, Crimson Tide coming off as a 19-and-a-half-point favorite against a ranked team, the 14th-ranked Miami Hurricanes. This game's going to be played in Atlanta. Now, Crimson Tide, obviously, they're loaded once again this year, but they're breaking in a new quarterback, a quarterback who came in as a running back who's now going to be playing quarterback in Bryce Young. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's extremely athletic, and they lose maybe the four best wide receivers, four of the best five wide receivers in the history of the SEC. I mean, those four guys that they had over the last three years in Alabama were that good, just that good. They're starting all new guys. Now, you know, John Michi is, is, a, is, a, is a very great, is a, a wonderful talent, and I'm sure that new guys are going to arise uh, at, at Alabama because they always do. And Nick Saban does a really great job now of recruiting wide receivers all of a sudden. It's become wide receiver U. And, you know, Alabama's just going to continue to roll. They have the best offensive tackle in the country. In my opinion, he should be the number one pick in the NFL draft over any quarterback. He's just, he's he's remarkable. Um, if you're going to watch that game, just you know, watch their left tackle. Just not give up anything uh, on on uh, on to the defense in that game. Interestingly enough, Alabama, when they're double digit favorite, I don't know what's the most interesting thing about this: their record against the spread or the fact that they've been a double digit favorite in in these games. Now, Alabama is 24 and 12 against the spread as a double-digit favorite since 2016. 36 times they've been a double-digit favorite since 2016. That's ridiculous. And they're 24-12 and 12 against the spread. I like that trend to continue. De'Ara King is a phenomenal talent. Has play, been playing college football his whole life, it seems like, for like the last nine years. He's been playing college football all over the place. Coming off ACL repair surgery, obviously this is going to be his first live action since coming off the ACL. I just think Bama's going to have too much offense and a little uh, a little too rusty for De'Ara King in this particular game. I like Bama big, 38-17 over the Hurricanes in Atlanta. 
a game that you can hear right here on ESPN Tucson tomorrow morning. Fresh start at 8.30 in the morning, leading to the kickoff at 9 a.m. Those big deal of them morning Big Ten games, right? Wake up and have some breakfast cereal, a little coffee, watch some Big Ten football. Number 19, Penn State Nittany Lions traveling up to Madison, up to Camp Randall, a place that I've always wanted to go watch a football game. Had an opportunity and uh, wasn't able to go at the last minute, but uh, I'll eventually get up there for a game. Taking on the number 12 ranked Badgers, Wisconsin coming off as a five-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Now, the Nittany Lions, they've won the last four meetings with uh, between them and Wisconsin, okay? But only two of those meetings occurred during the James Franklin era. The Nittany Lions had a, a topsy-turvy year last year, and again, I throw out last year for everybody. Last year doesn't – to me, last year, just with the chaos and everything, it just doesn't count. Like, you, I shouldn't say it doesn't count. You can't count on anything carrying over from last year. You just you just can't. Players and such, you can count on them with some of them, and in the experience of it, especially if they're with the same head coach and same coordinators and such, you can count on some of that stuff. But other than that, I'm not going to put too much weight into anything that happened last year. Penn State started off miserably, started to figure some things out later on in the season. Uh, look, this is this is going to be a slobber knocker. This is going to be a very physical game played in the trenches. I think both of these coaches are going to play their cards very close to the vest. It's a big game, and yes, there is going to be some you know some occasions for the offenses to open up a little bit. But I just think both defenses are just too good to get beaten in this type of game. Now. The, the real play in this game is the under, because the over-under in this game is 50. I don't think there's any way this game sniffs the 50-point mark. I like Wisconsin to win, but I like Penn State to cover that 5.5-point spread. So give me Penn State plus 5.5, Wisconsin 20, Penn State 17, a total of 37. Take the under, take it and run with it all day long. That game's going to be under. 50 points is way too much, in my opinion, way too much. Game number four in the Friday Five, a game that a lot of people are – it's kind of a toss-up right now. I, I, you know, hearing some people and reading some of the articles and stuff about the game, people aren't sure where to go. I know exactly where to go. It's the number three Ragin' Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette. I like to call them ooh-la-la, University of Louisiana Lafayette. It just works for me. I like ooh-la-la. But ooh-la-la would mean that they're soft, and they are not soft. Billy Napier's got one hell of a program there. They are a good football team. They're going to Austin to take on, take on the Longhorns, number 21 Texas, coming off as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. The Raging Cages are legit, folks. They, uh, they, are, they are a solid football team. There's a reason why a Sun Belt team is ranked in the top 25. They are just that good. They come off a uh, you know, great two seasons there under Billy Napier. Look, there's, there's a lot of new pieces in play at UT, right? With Sarkeesian, I've ta- I talked Sarkeesian earlier in the earlier in the week. Not exactly sure what to expect out of him. Has he resurrected his career? Because it was kind of in a shambles for a while, right? He was drunk on the field. There were all kinds of personal issues. He goes to Alabama as an assistant, then becomes uh, an analyst essentially, then becomes the offensive coordinator in two of the greatest offenses in the history of the SEC, and now has a head coaching job at one of the most volatile positions in all of college football. The head coach of the Texas Longhorns. I just think there's too many brand-new pieces at UT right now, too many brand-new pieces for them to put together for a big game at home in front of everybody, breaking in a new coach and a new quarterback and a new offense and a whole bunch of new, whole slew of new defensive players. 
and a new attitude, a new culture, and all that, yada, yada, yada. Billy Napier, all he does is win road games. Billy Napier, head coach of the Raging Cajuns, have won 11 of their last 12 road games. And in those games, they're 7-5 and five against the spread, which is close. It's close, but close enough for me. I like ooh-la-la straight up in Austin, 38-35 over the Longhorns. And finally, the final game of my Friday Five is another Big Ten matchup. Two ranked teams here. Number 17, Indiana. The Hoosiers coming off a big, big year. One of the biggest years in the history of Indiana football. First time that they've been ranked in the top 25 since 1969 in, uh, in, in, in Indiana. And they're in Bloomington. They're traveling to Iowa City to take on the old veteran, Kirk Ferentz, and the number 18 ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa favored by four points in this game right now. This is a... This is an interesting game of different, very different philosophies, right? Kirk Ferentz going to try to put you in a, in, in a, you know, in a, in a, in a phone booth, going to beat you up with technique at the offensive line. He's going to win the trenches. He's going to run the football. They're going to play a lot of tight end sets. Okay, old traditional smash mouth Big Ten pro style football. Indiana you got a, a dynamic quarterback in Penix. They're going to open things up. They're going to spread it out. They're going to try to use their athletes. Uh, you know, and they're, and they've got look. They've got plenty of athletes in Indiana, but Iowa, opening at home is is they're virtually a lock in in home openers. Like Iowa just doesn't lose home openers. They've come close <laughs> to losing a lot of them against several against uh, teams that had no business being in those games. But Iowa just continues to win season openers, specifically home openers, and they've only lost once to Indiana since 2008. It's not a team or a program they particularly lose to very often. I'm going to stick with tradition here in both the sense of Big Ten football being a traditional conference, a traditional power football conference, Iowa playing a traditional style of football, and just a tradition of Iowa just being a much better football program than Indiana over the years. And I know that their ranking is is lower than Indiana's. I do not care about the rankings. Iowa's a four-point favorite. They will win and cover. Give me the Hawkeyes 26-20 over Indiana. So there you have it. My Friday Five, those are your lock picks right there. I've got Clemson minus three against Georgia. Alabama minus 19.5 against Miami, barely. But my I like Bama to, to cover that 19.5 point spread because they always do. I like Wisconsin to cover. I like. I'm sorry. I like Penn State to cover Wisconsin to win, but I like Penn State to cover a five and a half point spread at Wisconsin. But I really like the under in that game if that's what you want to play. I like Louisiana Lafayette straight up as a eight and a half point dog in Austin, and I like Iowa to cover at home in Iowa City over the Indiana <coughs> over the Indiana Hoosiers. Pardon me, my voice is. Uh, it's Friday. You can tell. It's worn out. It's definitely worn out. And that is my Friday Five. Now, there were no Pac-12 games in there because I do Pac-12 games separately, which I'll be doing coming up very, very shortly. Fantasy GMs, you can now play for millions of dollars in cash prizes because FanDuel is officially live in the state of Arizona for fantasy. It's giving all its new customers $100 in site credit to get started. Yeah, yeah, you heard that correctly. That's $100 in site credit. Here's how you get it. 
Use the promo code DEAN, my last name, D-E-A-N, and you're going to get $25 right now for fantasy and then another $75 when you pre-register for the FanDuel Sportsbook, which goes live in six days, folks. September 9th, we go live. It's ready to rock and roll. There's tons of daily contests to choose from. You can, if you if you sign up today for the FanDuel uh, on the FanDuel app, okay, and get involved in the in the fantasy, the daily fantasy, you'll see a slew of games you can pick from for tomorrow's college football contest. You can pick your quarterback, and you have like a like let's say you have a sixty thousand dollars salary cap to pick seven players. You get quarterback, running back, wide receiver, flex, okay. And you can every player is rated as far as how much money they cost. So you can sit there and start buying guys depending on you know how, you know their their value. Try to work your team together under that sixty thousand dollars salary cap. Try to put the best team together and win money. Tons of daily contests to choose from. As I just mentioned, the salary cap contest so much fun. I played last night. It was hilarious fun. I was watching on my app. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's going off. And then oh my god, this guy's not playing. <laughs> the wonders of college football. So it is exciting, and it's, uh, if I had gotten paid, I, wouldn't got, I would have gotten paid in as few as just 24 hours. This is the moment you've been waiting for, fans. Just download the fantasy, uh, FanDuel Fantasy app today to start playing for real cash prizes. And be sure to sign up with the promo code. Use DEAN, D-E-A-N, to get yourself $100 in site credit exclusively on FanDuel. Must be 21 or older and present in Arizona. Bonus issued a non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Arizona. $100 site credit is offered at 75 on Sportsbook, 25 on Fantasy. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's text next step to 53342. Pac-12 picks and games coming up. Next, it's the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, we're just rolling along here on a football Friday. So excited to finally be here as college football starts officially this week, right? We had, we had week zero last week. I mean, still somewhat exciting. Wednesday, we had a game. Thursday, we had some games last night. Of course, if you watched the uh, Pac-12 Networks, you were able to watch that. You saw a couple of blowouts. I'm not going to talk about either one of those. Utah handling Weber State. There was a lightning strike near the field, which caused them to go into a delay. Weber State was up that game for – if you talk about total minutes in actual, like, earth time, Weber State had the lead for, like, an hour and a half in that game. In real game time, it was about eight minutes. And then uh, Arizona State uh, doing what uh, what Arizona State does. 13 penalties, 135 yards. Didn't look real crisp. Played dirty. Uh, kind of the things you expect out of the Sun Devil program there. So uh, uh, not really anything new is their victory over highly touted Southern Utah last night uh, in Tempe, 41-14. But let's take a look. At the Pac-12 games coming up this weekend, there is a game tonight. Northern Colorado taking on Colorado in Boulder. Um, you know, no line in this game because, well, Northern Colorado's an FCS school. I mean, you can uh, there are lines you can pick from. I think Colorado's like a 35-point favorite or something like that. Colorado's going to win this game by a million points. It just it's Northern Colorado's no good, and Colorado's got at least something. They got a real good tailback and pretty good offensive line, so. Uh, yeah, Colorado's going to win that football game. Don't really care about that one. 
Saturday, though, plenty of teams in action. Stanford going to be going out to the, the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas, to take on uh, Kansas State. Oh, I'm sorry, that game, no, that game's in Arlington. That's a, that's a neutral site game. That's right. That game is a neutral site game um, going to be played in Arlington, Texas. So um, Stanford is a one-and-a-half-point dog in that game, so basically a pick uh, basically a pick em there. I know that Stanford has a lot of questions at quarterback. Is it going to be Tanner McKee? Is it going to be Jack West? And I know that Kansas State is, you know, making their start with a with a quarterback who's played a ton of games. There, Skyler Thompson um, has played a ton of games for for Kansas State. And I know that uh, I know that Stanford didn't look great last year. But remember, that was a program that was completely displaced from their home, and they go on the road to play Kansas State to start this season. I think they're good enough and they're they're seasoned enough to win that football game. I like Stanford to beat Kansas State straight up in that game uh, tomorrow in Arlington. The game starts early, too. That's an early kickoff um, for, uh, for Stanford. So got to wake up early for David Shaw's, uh, David Shaw's kids. The game that a lot of people are like, I don't know what exactly to do uh, with this game, Oregon taking on Fresno State. Now, Fresno State's going to play another Pac-12 school. Fresno State always plays Pac-12 schools. In fact, I think they've played more – there have been more games between – Fresno State and Pac-12 game, Pac-12 teams than any other team in the country. They played like 75 games against the Pac-12 in the last 20 years, which is crazy. Um, so Fresno State, they've already got a win. They beat UConn 45 nothing. UConn came all the way across the country as one of the worst teams in the country and got smacked around 45 nothing. Fresno State is a good a good team. They're not that good. Now, Oregon is favored, I think, by 21 or 20 and a half, 20 and a half in this game. So there's a hook there. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Oregon. Like, it's a, <laughs> they're kind of a, a toss-up team, right? I've heard some things out of, out of, uh, uh, out of, uh, out of Eugene that the, uh, the players aren't exactly happy with Mario Cristobal choosing Anthony Brown to be the starting quarterback before even making it a competition between he and the other two contenders there. And, Apparently, he has not played all that well in camp. Now, I don't know. This could just be smoke. I don't know what it is. But, look, I, Oregon's going to win this football game. I think Fresno State will cover. I just don't think – I don't know if Oregon is sharp enough right now to beat a team like Fresno State by three touchdowns. They'll win the game. They'll secure home field advantage, of course, playing at Autzen Stadium, not a problem there. But uh, I do think Fresno State will cover that 20-and-a-half-point spread. Maybe – you know, maybe like a 41 to 28 game or something like that. Something in that neighborhood. Oregon's got some firepower, and they will pressure the quarterback, of course, with Thibodeau, but uh, I don't like them to completely just run away with this thing. An interesting game in the Coliseum. USC hosting San Jose State. San Jose State had a big win last week, of course, uh, uh, you know, handling their business. USC has a lot of questions to answer. They've got a lot of hype um, coming into this season, of course. 16-and-a-half is a big line as USC is a 16-and-a-half point favorite. And San Jose State coming off a really successful season last year. Again, not going to carry anything over. But I do like Brent Brennan as a coach, and I like the talent that they have there. And, of course, Nick Starkle at quarterback has been playing for quite some time in college football. Very, very good quarterback, very smart guy. USC will win the game, but I think this one is crazy close. I like uh, I like San Jose State to cover that plus 16-and-a-half. I'm thinking like a – like a 34-31 
or a 35-30 type outcome. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be down to a one-possession game and you know a turnover or a special teams play here or there could be the difference in that game. Oregon State taking on Perdon't, I mean, uh, Purdue out in <laughs> – sorry, I do it all the time. It's because of my favorite NASCAR driver, uh, Ryan Newman, who's a Purdue graduate. Um, yeah, when I say favorite, I mean absolute least favorite driver. But nonetheless, Oregon State going to be uh, heading out to, uh, to Purdue to take on the Boilermakers. Look, Purdue's not very good, but Oregon State going to be traveling across the country into Indiana to take on a Big Ten school. I do like what Oregon State's got this year, though. And, you know, they've got, they've got some you – know, they've got a quarterback transfer coming in. And Sam Neuer, he's going to be the, the, uh, the Colorado uh, – former Colorado quarterback, of course, Colorado quarterback last year. He's going to be starting for Jonathan Smith. I like what Jonathan Smith does on the offense. The offensive line is going to be excellent for Oregon State this year. They're going to win the trench war against Purdue, which doesn't happen often for Pac-12 schools against Big Ten schools. And I love Oregon State in this game. Purdue is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I think the wrong team's favored. I like Oregon State straight up over the Boilermakers uh, on the road. Washington taking on Montana. Montana's a very good FCS school. I've got Washington winning the North. Washington's going to win that game going away. It's not even going to be close. Uh, probably, uh, I, I don't know, probably in the neighborhood of 40-point 40, 40 victory. Um, you've got LSU, UCLA. Big, big matchup for the Bruins. They beat up on uh, Hawaii last week at home in the Rose Bowl. Different cat coming to town this week in LSU. LSU's a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, traveling all the way across the country into L.A. to take on Chip Kelly and the Bruins. They gave free tickets to the students because nobody showed up for the game last week. So they offered free tickets to the students. Free. Here you go. How many do you want? hoping that they will get as many people wearing their whatever color, that shade of blue that is, powder blue, whatever you want to call it, and gold, in that stadium as opposed to the deluge of purple and gold that will be there touting the LSU Tigers. Um, Chip Kelly, of course, returns. They're playing 11 seniors on defense right now, so they're very, uh, they're very experienced. They've got plenty of talent. Is it enough to beat a team like LSU? LSU's got some they got some question marks this year. This is going to this is the I think this is the toughest game for me to pick uh, the entire weekend. This has been my my most difficult game to pick because I don't know how good UCLA is. There are people that cover the team that say that they're worthy, they're they're a team that, that's worthy of winning the south, and then there are other teams that co- there are other people that cover the team that said they were going to finish fourth in the division. <laughs> they're all over the place. This is the game that determines whether I think Chip Kelly is even remotely interested in coaching that program or not. So I'm just going to go with my gut here, and I'm going to say LSU wins, but UCLA covers. That's just my gut. I think it's a nip-and-tuck game. We're talking like 34-33 type game, back and forth. No team takes more than a a two-possession lead. During the during the course of the game in the Rose Bowl, I think that's how it's going to play out. I just I, I that's my best guess. I really don't know. We'll know a whole hell of a lot more about both of those programs after that game, though. I'll tell you that much. That game's uh, going to be on Fox tomorrow. Be able to watch that. And then finally, Nevada and Cal. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, no, I I didn't. I forgot about Wazoo. Let me. I got to hit Wazoo. They're taking on Utah State. 
weird happenings with the head coach and Nick Rolovich up there, state of Washington, requiring all state employees to be vaccinated. Nick Rolovich says, I ain't getting vaccinated. Hmm. Not, not sure. Is he going to, you know, drive up and get the stick in his arm? I, we don't know. Uh, I still like Washington State in that game. Utah State is in dire straits right now. They're in a, a program that's that's trending downwards. Uh, Washington State, I think, is favored by 13 or by two touchdowns in that game. I think they cover easily. They're 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 that good to cover that that spread against a team like Utah State. And then finally, Nevada Cal. Cal is an interesting team this year. They're going to have a good defense as they always do under under Justin Wilcox. They've got a quarterback that they believe in in Chase Garbers. How can they hold up against Nevada? Carson Strong is the Nevada quarterback. He's going to be a first-round draft pick because at the end of this year, he's going to put up monster numbers for Nevada. Cal is favored in this game by three. I like Cal, but close. I just think their defense is going to be just enough. I think they got just enough talent, just enough coaching, just enough uh, defense to keep this game uh, a winner for them and to secure a victory for the Pac-12 over a really good Nevada team, a team that could win uh, a team that could win the, the Mountain West. So I like Cal by like four, like 27-23, somewhere around there, 28-24. Somewhere around there, they just barely cover that three-point spread, but I like Cal. So Pac-12 going to be tested this week, and then, of course, your Wildcats taking on the BYU Cougars in Las Vegas. Won't be offering a pick for that game, but I think you know where my heart is. All right, we're going to take a timeout when we return. Some NFL news and notes. Got to talk some NFL on a football Friday, right? We got some for you. It's the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. We're joking during the break. Mary's going to run off to Vegas with my picks in tow, win a 15 team parlay on a $20 bet, make 700000 and uh, retire from radio. I can't have that. I need, I need Mary on Tuesday to push the button. I got no buttons to push here. I need somebody to push buttons for me. Can't, I can't do it on my own. So, I don't know. She, I, we got to find out whether she's actually going to take my picks or take the opposite picks because then, then it's going to tell everything we need to know. So, talking some NFL here on a football Friday, as we always talk NFL every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show. Now, I talked about my good buddy Mike Sando from The Athletic, worked alongside of Mike in, on, in, in several trenches in, uh, uh, in, the, in the locker rooms at Cardinals games as he was the beat writer for ESPN for NFC West for a long time while I was uh, covering the Cardinals myself. And uh, Mike now is the lead NFL writer for The Athletic or one of the lead writers for The Athletic. Does a phenomenal job. He does such a, just does great work, and he knows a lot of people like in all the right places. And so he talks to the executives and has had the executives vote on the teams, like basically rank the teams 1 through 16 in the AFC, rank the teams 1 through 16 in the NFC. So we talked to AFC executives. We talked about that earlier this week. We, it was, it, remember, there was, it was kind of like all over the place. Remember, there was uh, the obvious top two teams, and then it kind of faded from there, and there was a lot of mixing and matching. Now, I was waiting for the NFC the NFC votes to come out. He has posted them today on the Athletic. And again, I will continue. To, I'm not getting paid. They're not. They're not an endorse endorsee of the of of the show. I just fully believe in what they do at the Athletic. It's. I think they're running 50 percent off this weekend for subscriptions. Like, give it a look. Like, if you just if you like reading good sports stories, good sports articles, get in on the Athletic. They got all the best writers. 
Um, so the 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 tab is out. Essentially, the 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 votes are in. Tampa Bay received all five of the number one votes from the executives. They're the far and away most highly touted team in the NFC. Green Bay received two, uh, four of the five number two votes. They got a number three vote from one of the executives. That same executive voted the L.A. Rams as the number two team. Interesting. Now, the Rams come in tied with the Seahawks for number three. They, they take average and median votes into place um, when, they're, when they're trying to rank the teams. They, they kind of flip-flopped. The Rams were rated as high as two and voted as low as six. The Seahawks were rated as high as three and as low as five. So we know that both of those teams are going to be right there. The 49ers are the fifth, the number five team in the rankings. One executive voted them number four. One executive voted them the 10th best team in in the NFC. I don't know who that was or who thinks that the 49ers are the 10th best team. Uh, Consequently, he also, that same executive said that Philadelphia was the number seven team uh, in the NFC. So I think that that person should have their voting privileges taken away from them because obviously not a very intelligent person. There's another person that voted Philadelphia fifth. Who votes Philadelphia Eagles? Have you heard their head coach speak? (laughs) He's a deer in the headlights. Now, I don't know how he's going to coach on Sundays, but if you listen to Nick Nick Sirianni talk, he is the most unsure of himself person I've ever heard in that kind of a position in my entire life. (laughs) Like, okay. Um, The votes are really interesting in the NFC. Really interesting. I thought it was... This kind of stuff fascinates me to see what executives feel about certain, you know, certain teams in, in their in their conference. Minnesota has anywhere from a high five to a low thirteen vote. One executive picked the Panthers as the number six, gave them their number six vote, and another one said the Panthers are the sixteenth team in the NFC. There's no way the Panthers are the worst team in the NFC. No way in hell. The Detroit Lions are the worst team in the NFC. And I'm afraid, fans of the New York Giants, you're going to be right there with them. I think this is the year that things fall apart in New York for the Giants. The offensive line has not come around. Midway through the season last year, I'm like, okay, offensive line is starting to turn it around. They're starting to get better. They've got some talent there. They're starting to turn it around. And then it just went into the tank. Daniel Jones got sacked a million times in the second half of the season. And this offseason, they've looked even worse. And they're trying to sign guys now a week before games begin, like trying to move around, shuffle around their offensive line. It's not good, folks. Not a good look. The Giants are going to be bad this year, real bad. I think the Chicago Bears are going to struggle this year as well. So do these executives. The executives feel the same way. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to struggle this year. I can't believe that two executives picked them five and seven. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, what are they seeing? Am I missing something? Somebody picked the New Orleans Saints to finish 11th in the NFC? Like, Good grief. Now, where do the Cardinals end up? Okay. Now, the Cardinals were a pretty, I wouldn't say unanimous, but all of their votes came within the same little, small, little range of teams. Basically, the NFC executives feel that the Cardinals are anywhere between, like, the ninth and 10th best team in the conference. I agree. I think they're kind of right there in the mix with, like, Minnesota, Washington, Carolina. They're, they're kind of in that mix Right there, I think Carolina is better than some people. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy here. Maybe I've listened to too much Colin Cowherd. 
He loves the Carolina Panthers for some reason. Look, I like Matt Rule. I think Matt Rule is a fantastic coach, and I think he's going to carve out a very, very lengthy career in the NFL. I think he's a fantastic coach. So, yeah, I mean, you got your elite teams, but as I mentioned before, in the NFC, there's a, I think it's more difficult to determine that elite status because Tampa Bay and Green Bay are definitely there. Do you put the Rams, Seahawks, and Niners in with that elite status as well? I mean, they all have that potential to boom or bust, right? All three of those teams do. The Rams, what, who, who's going to run the football for the, for the Rams this year? And is their defensive secondary going to be able to hold up like we expect them to? We know that Aaron Donald's going to be great. We know the defensive line is going to be great. We know the offensive line is really good. They're going to win the trenches a lot in a lot of games this year. They can't run the football. Matthew Stafford's going to have to throw the ball 55 times a game. He'll probably throw it for 7,000 yards in a 17-game season, shatter the NFL record. Is that good enough to win 12 games in the NFC? I don't know. It's in the toughest, he's in the toughest division in football. The Seahawks, extremely talented. The, the quarterback and two-wide receiver uh, trio there might be the best in the NFL. We know the offensive line is a shambles. They're going to they're gonna try to run the football with, you know, a, a, a smallish back and then kind of like a, a trio of other backs that they're going to be rotating in and out of there. Defense is starting to become an issue in Seattle. Um, a lot of players are disgruntled, and, uh, you know, Carroll's system is kind of starting to – rankle some people some of the older members or the 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 newer members of that uh, of that team so uh, seattle seahawks have a a potential for boom or bust is russell wilson going to be a volatile distraction uh you know as good of a a player and good of a teammate as he is he just kind of started the ball rolling in the old uh uh you know i deserve better in seattle train and then the 49ers the most injured team in the NFL last year, I think they set the NFL record last year for most starts lost uh, from from the starting 22, essentially on the depth chart, uh, in the history of the NFL, since they started tracking it at least. The 49ers could be the second-best team in the NFC. They could be the 10th-best team in the NFC. We don't know. It, it, the quarterback position is is – you know, they're going to be going back and forth between Trey Lance and between Jimmy Garoppolo. Do they want to play Jimmy Garoppolo for 75% of the snaps? Are they going to try to trade Jimmy Garoppolo at some point in time because they owe him a ton of money if he plays this season uh, through the end of the year? What is the defensive line going to look like? They've got maybe the most talented defensive line in the entire NFC. Can they stay healthy? Does, does Nick Bosa return with a vengeance? We know what kind of a freak he is. Can he stay healthy? So... Those are your three big question marks, and they're all in the same division. You look at the eight best teams, the nine best teams, the ten best teams in the NFC. All four of those, all four of the teams in the NFC West are in there. They're all of them. All, all of them are in there. Then you got the NFC East, which is like Dallas and Washington, and then I don't, Philadelphia is getting some love. I don't see it. And the Giants, I think, are going to be really bad this year. Who's my surprise team in the NFC? Again, I think it's Carolina. I think Carolina's the surprise team in the NFC this year. They play in a tough division. Of course, Tampa Bay owns that division. And I do think Atlanta's a good football team. And I I do like Atlanta uh, in their week one matchup. And then, of course, New Orleans is going to be really good this year, too. I don't know how much they're going to turn the ball over if Jameis Winston has learned his lessons under Sean Payton or if he's going to continue to turn the ball over at an alarming rate. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. 
But look, those are all good teams as well. But I think Carolina, even though they're, they're probably the worst team in that division, they're better than a lot of other teams in other divisions in the NFC. NFC is going to be crazy interesting to watch this year. Way more compelling, in my opinion, than the AFC is. Way more compelling. And speaking of the Seahawks, they made an interesting signing yesterday. Mark Vital, you may remember from college basketball lore, Arizona played, of course, Baylor a couple times. I got to see Mark Vital in his freshman year at McHale Center. He walked on the floor. I'm like, "Who who signed the tight end to play basketball for Baylor? Who is this monster? Six foot five, 255 pounds, and since he's matured, he's turned into like this rippling, muscular hulk of a man who was one of the best defensive players in the entire country each of the last two seasons at Baylor. So he won a national championship at Baylor, went to Portland, played the Trailblazers Summer League, and now he's a tight end on the Seahawks practice squad. Now, the Seahawks have done this before. You might remember a guy by the name of George Fant, who was a Standout at Western Kentucky, same thing. 6'5", 260 pounds, 6'6", 260 pounds or so. George Fant just signed a $27 million deal as an offensive lineman with the New York Jets. So this, this, you know, Pete Carroll bringing in former basketball players to come play tight end or offensive line uh, has worked in the past. So Mark Vidal going to start his NFL career. It'll be interesting to see. He's got, he's got good ball skills. He can catch the ball. I've watched him play a lot, actually because Arizona's played him twice, and we watched him win the national championship last year. So it'll be interesting to watch what uh, what happens with Mark Vidal. Again, he's not going to get on the field at any time this year, I don't think. Seattle's pretty deep at tight end, but it'll be interesting to watch his progression as an NFL player making that transition from college basketball. All right, we're going to take a timeout. I've talked myself into a tizzy here. When we return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Final segment, today's Football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I don't want to let go yet, but I have to, unfortunately. The clock tells me that I must let go today and turn things over to uh, ESPN programming. And then from 3 to 6 this afternoon, Spears and Ali going to be breaking down even more football for you guys today on a football Friday they'll have they'll probably be making their picks for the uh, for the Arizona BYU game I won't be offering mine but I will be on Twitter and of course uh, tweeting during the game live tweeting during the game and uh, some of the thoughts and and things that I'm noticing and and uh, notes that I'm taking from the game uh, while I'm watching it so uh, you may keep an eye on that you can follow me at UAZ voice that's at UAZ voice on Twitter you're welcome to, to give me a follow and uh, interact with me there, engage with me there, and uh, you can engage with the show there as well. Let me know that you're listening and uh, uh, give me some opinions. Give me your thoughts on some things. Big weekend in, in sports. You know, as I mentioned, all the college football that's going on. NFL kind of taking a back seat to everything this weekend as there's some big games in Major League Baseball as well. I mentioned the Giants and Dodgers going to be you know, cracking off tonight. At uh, at uh, at San Francisco in San Francisco, as the two two best teams in baseball, going to be settling the score for the NL West tonight. You know, setting themselves up for the final run at the pennant in the National League this year. So we'll uh, we'll have some information and reactions and observations for you from that. And remember, it's a Labor Day weekend, so I will not be here on Monday. So I'll be back Tuesday morning. Uh, next week is 
Sonoran Restaurant Week. We'll be having some guests on next week to talk about that. We've got uh, some great representatives from Sonoran Restaurant Week going to be joining us. Uh, they'll either be on Tuesday or Wednesday of, of next week as we talk with uh, some of them and talk with some of the offerings that you can find in Tucson and uh, support the local businesses and such that are churning things out for the community there in Tucson and all the delicious food and drink that uh, that Tucson has to offer. I say it all the time, um, that pound for pound, Tucson's the best food city in America. Like, you get great food in Chicago, you get great food in New York, you get great food in San Francisco, but those are big meccas. Like, those are huge metropolis, megalopolis-type cities. Tucson is, you know, a city of a million people. Uh, the food is is remarkable. I get people ask me all the time that live up here, friends and family and stuff, and they're like, hey, you know, we're going to Tucson for the weekend. Uh, where's a good place to eat? I'm like, how many times do you want to eat out? Because I can tell you, like, 13 different places that I would highly recommend. <laughs> Food's great there. Um... So, yeah, well, there's my music. Gosh. Is it already time? I don't want to go. Kicking and screaming off the air today on a football Friday. i got so many other things prepared. i got two more pages of stuff I didn't talk about. Well, send that away. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Marion Valdez behind the glass for pushing all the buttons, taking care of things today, keeping me on the air. Making sure I'm uh, staying on the clock as best as possible, as best I can as I run loose like a freight train here on a football Friday. You guys enjoy your weekend. Stay safe and stay healthy out there. We'll see you guys on Tuesday morning following the Labor Day off day on Monday. Get Spears and Ali 3 to 6 today. I'll see you guys at 7 o'clock on Tuesday morning for another edition of recapping football Fridays and football weekends on the Jeff Dean Show here on 1498, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back Monday morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.